we didn't know what was going to happen. But at the same time, I think it was important for our employees to know that we didn't know um, because they also, I mean, they didn't know either. We've gotten through it as a team and I think they know we're not hiding things from them. We Hopefully we never will in the future. Um, and it leads to a really strong team that's going to stick together, which actually is one of our core values. That was Laurie Spradley, Vice President of Operations and Brand Development at Google Cluster, explaining how she and her team have navigated the challenges during the COVID-19 era. In this episode, Laurie shares her unique story of returning to her hometown to work for the family business. She also discusses the changes Google Cluster has gone through because of the pandemic. And she describes what's next for the business as they look to the future. My name's Clark Buckner, and welcome to season four of Disrupt the Continuum, Launch Tennessee's podcast powered by Pinnacle Financial Partners. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem builders. This season, we're bringing you behind the scene interviews with attendees and guest speakers from last year's 3686 Festival, which for the first time went completely virtual. The new fully interactive format united a worldwide audience to celebrate community, culture, and connection with the brightest minds across multiple industries. And here's some exciting news. Another 3686 Festival is set for a turn later this summer. Be sure to watch this space for all the latest info coming soon, including official dates, speakers, and networking opportunities you won't want to miss. Plus, find out when and how you can register to attend. Before we hear more from our conversation with Lori, we want to thank this season's sponsor, Pinnacle Financial Partners. They pride themselves on being much more than just another bank. They offer their clients long-term partnerships for growing their businesses. Learn more at pnfp.com. Now, let's jump in. Hi, my name is Laurie Spradley. I am the Vice President of Operations and Brand Development at Goo Goo Cluster, and I'm a speaker at 3686. Woohoo! Thanks so much for taking the time <laughs> to jump on here and share with us not only what you've covered as a speaker at 3686, but also this gives us the chance to zoom in a bit more on our speakers. So how about we start by just a quick snapshot on you and sort of how you got involved with this. And so today you are VP of operations and brand development at Google Cluster. And for someone who's never heard of a Google Cluster for some reason, I want to hear from you what how do you describe this? So I think Goo's are extra special because they are America's first combination candy bar. So they were invented in 1912 in downtown Nashville. And it was the first time anyone put multiple ingredients together to create one finished product. So it consists of a marshmallow nougat, caramel, peanuts, and milk chocolate. So in 1912, for this to be the first, I would imagine that process must have been challenging at the time, and I'm sure there's, it's still definitely an art form now, but that is pretty significant, and it's always been in downtown Nashville? Yes. So it was invented on Clark and First Street, what? and presently we are on 3rd Avenue South. I have been inside, and it is magical. I'm glad you think so. It's a very special place. 
And I can't complain because every day I walk into an office that smells like chocolate and caramel and all sorts of delicious things. Happiness. Yes. I love that. Nashville has been such a big destination over the years for tourists and it's a cool experience to get the chance to be inside. But, you know, there's been a lot of changes that have been happening in the world and that's impacted your business. It's impacted everyone's business. And I'm excited to, to hopefully hear some of the ways that you've been able to overcome those challenges and we can get some of the lessons you've learned along the way. So before we get to that, though, I would love to just hear a little more about your story because you are you have a special connection to Goo Cluster. And could you share that? And then we'll kind of look at your path that has brought you back to Nashville in this role. Great. Yes. In 1982, my dad and grandfather purchased the Standard Candy Company, the makers of the Goo Goo Cluster. And so I am actually the third generation to work at the company, which has been very exciting and a different sort of challenge than I was expecting. So you grew up in Nashville, lived here, but you decided to, you left for college, you, then you, you found yourself going to New York and working. And this is all totally yes. separate from Google Cluster, right? Yeah. And I really never thought I would work for the business. I kind of wanted to get out, do my thing. I moved to New York City right after graduating college, um, worked in visual marketing for six years, designing, producing, and installing retail window displays nationwide and occasionally worldwide. Loved that. Never even knew there was a market for window displays, but had a blast doing that until I just kind of had this calling to come back home and knew I could kind of make a difference in the Goo Goo world. How did you know it was time for you to come back? Good question. It was a, more of a feeling, I think, more than anything. Um, feeling, a desire, I think being away from family for six years, I guess really more like 10 when you factor in college, is um, I appreciated it more. I wanted to be closer to family, be more involved in the business, and it's worked out so well. What's I think really fun about 3686 is we have speakers from all around the country, oftentimes folks from even beyond that, and that includes people from New York or San Francisco. But you know, you having the chance to be away from Nashville and being away from the Southeast, what was something that maybe you were surprised about that you missed from home? Oh, just the Southern hospitality. And I, I always knew I missed it. But when I moved back and realized working in the South is so different than working in the North. And it's so collaborative and competitive, but also helpful of each other. Like it's just, it's been the most interesting and rewarding thing to work in yeah. the South in a town like Nashville. I love that. So you moved back. You've been now in this role for around three years. Now, it's a family business. And, you know, a lot of folks in the Southeast and beyond, you know, of course, lots of family businesses. And what are some of the unique things that you've learned from that? And then I also want to talk with you after that about some of the ways you've been adapting and changing because of the changing world we're in now. But first, the family business aspect, what has maybe surprised you? What's that been like? 
And any advice you can maybe share with other folks who are also either in a family business or that would be on the horizon for them? Yeah, I do have a somewhat unique experience when it comes to the family business because I'm not going into an office every day and seeing other family members or interacting with them. I kind of turn to them really in times of need or stress for advice. So kind of when all this COVID stuff hit, I leaned on 23 family members, which was daunting and a little crazy and stressful, but just to even hear a lot from of cooks in the kitchen, it was a right? lot of cooks in the kitchen. And, um, but at the same time, it was just so reward. While I might've turned to them in a time of stress, the conversation ended with just this kind of like loving environment. Like you, we, we put you in charge. You, we trust you, you know, you know what you need to do type of thing. And, and so those are the times that really makes it worthwhile. But I thought I was going to come home, sell some chocolate, like this will be fun. And it's a different type of stress. I mean, you are reporting to 23 different people and carrying their company on your shoulders. So it's it's different. It's unique. It makes family dinners different. We talk about business. The we don't necessarily like to. Yeah. <laughs> but it always comes up. But overall, it is a lot of fun, but you just need to think long and hard before you jump into it. But it's if you do it right, I think it's very rewarding. Definitely. So what are some of the changes that you've seen over the last several months? How has your business been impacted? And what are some of the things that have helped you? And then after that, let's talk a little bit about some of the things you're doubling down on. Yeah, so... Our business has definitely been affected. Um, we have a retail store downtown that we mentioned. It brings usually about half of our revenue in, and it was closed for a good month and a half. We're now seeing a good 70% drop in sales down there. Um, we had to pivot and kind of shift more our wholesale accounts more towards grocery stores and pharmacies where previously we were in a lot of mom and pops and stores like Cracker Barrel that were also closed. So definitely trying to get in to those essential businesses. And I think in many cases, COVID hasn't necessarily been a catalyst for change, but it's really accelerated it. For instance, we were already doubling down on our digital strategy as kind of a targeted area for growth. And that goal's just become even more important today. It's something I think all brands should be focused on. And for us, that really means updating our website, improving our e-commerce capabilities, and coming up with ways to serve our clients digitally through one-on-one -on -one interactions and also event-style ways. We're trying to come up with a kit to make your own candy bar at home, any sort of interacting, doing kind of speaker engagements at conferences that might have been in Nashville but are now canceled, kind of just pivoting and any way we can reach our audience has been, it's been a challenge, but very fun. So you were already looking at doing more digitally and you're saying that any business should be doing more there. And now it's even more needed just because of all the changes. Yes. So we actually put a hold on our, we're already starting the website redesign and kind of e-commerce shift in our business right when COVID happened, put a huge halt on that. And then almost immediately after halting the process, we were like, 
no, we need to just dive right into that kind of double down, really accelerate getting that up and running so that we can actually try and push sales on our e-commerce channel since our shop downtown is closed. So what does that look like? Someone basically goes online and they're ordering directly from Google Cluster? Yes. So we've had an e-commerce site for a while now, um, but shipping chocolate's hard um, during the summer months. And so we've really focused more on like a shipping strategy. And we have launched things like making your own chocolate bar kits from your house. Um, You can design your own candy bar. We will make it and then we'll ship it to you. And of course, all sorts of candy and t-shirts and mugs and coffee. (laughs) So... We have it all, gugu.com. So I'm on the website now. It looks great. I think there's so many good things going on here. Now, it is a little surprising to me because I would just think, well, I guess they, they make the candy bar and they send it to stores. But you've built so many extensions around that. You've diversified your revenue. And I know it's got to be so tough. You said that over half of your revenue was from the downtown location. Yeah, right under half. So how have you been able to keep thinking on ways to diversify? I mean, do you feel like there's optimism of getting through this? Like, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, I think it was, it's tough. I've like, owe it all to our team. We are a very transparent team and leaders. We want our employees to understand exactly what we're going through and facing and how we plan to tackle these situations. I think we've created a pretty safe space for them to share their thoughts, their suggestions, their fears, their... They feel that fear to you. They do. Um, And I think that was also a challenge of the COVID environment. It was like, how much should you share? We didn't know what was going to happen. But at the same time, I think it was important for our employees to know that we didn't know um, because they also, I mean, they didn't know either. So we're definitely transparent. I think at sometimes it was potentially to a fault, but at the same time, it's, we've gotten through it as a team. And I think they know we're not hiding things from them. We hopefully we never will in the future. Um, and it leads to a really strong team that's going to stick together, which actually is one of our core values, play on the kind of stickiness of our candy. So we've got a solid team. Everyone's willing to go above and beyond and really get through this and think of any interesting ways to redesign ourselves or, you know, new opportunities, new sales channels, anything. Because you are, you had employees downtown that were impacted right? Because that was, I mean, you have how many employees, how many team members do you have? So pre-COVID, we were at 25. Unfortunately, we did have to go through a round of layoffs. Um, So we are standing at 16, a good solid 16. Um, But I mean, we had our workers downtown who were willing to go to our warehouse and pack out candy. I mean, anyone was willing to do anything to kind of keep their jobs and still continue working for us. And we have quarterly meetings where we kind of can brainstorm about planning for the next quarter. And we now include our uh, retail associates at our store and our warehouse associates. Um, So we really can understand the entire team and where they think we should go and what they're seeing in the business or the world. And it's been it's very interesting. 
that's so interesting because even having 25 at one point, I just have this, I just felt like there were so many more people behind the scenes because of the brand value that it has, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone thinks we're a lot larger than we are. And I think that's a compliment to our our team. We're small, but we're, we're mighty. And um, we've, we have a global presence and or a global brand awareness, I should say, yeah. and a nationwide pres- presence. And that's really just coming from 16 people who stick together. <laughs> <laughs> it is. What is your favorite ingredient with this? Ooh, well, my favorite goo goo is the peanut butter goo goo because it's peanut butter peanuts and milk chocolate and i just don't think you can go wrong so probably the peanut butter that sounds so good i love that now i know you could i remember when i could be in the store there's a lot going on you know there's you know part of it is like showing the history and the story part of it is i think there's tours i think there's also like people is ice cream in the stores i remember Yes. So we, we have a lot going on. So yeah, we have um, a 4,000 square foot store downtown and it's a perfect location to get all sorts of tourist foot traffic. But we have realized a lot of people coming from out of town don't know what a goo goo is. So we are actually working on redesigning our store, hopefully in early 2021, to make it a little more experiential and better tell the story. We have partnered with Hattie Jane's, a local ice cream company, to create custom goo-goo flavors. So we sell the original, the pecan, and the peanut butter ice cream flavors, which are all delicious. And we, for the past year or so, have been designing our your own goo-goo. So you can walk in our store at any time of day and actually create what goes into your own goo goo and we'll make it for you and you can take it home within about 10 minutes and in the back of the store we have a classroom which will stay during the redesign and so we have classes where you can actually make your own candy bar and wear the gloves and an apron and actually make your combination Um, yeah, with all sorts of different ingredients, and it is so much fun. So with that, of course, being impacted right now, what are some of the strategies that you've adjusted specifically that work for you and in the time of COVID and these times that we've never seen before? Yeah, so almost immediately we launched um, the Design Your Own Goo Goo Cluster on our website. We always wanted to bring that nationwide to anyone and everyone, But the website platform we were currently using couldn't really allow for that. But we recognized it doesn't have to be perfect. Let's just put it out there for the world to see and design and be creative. And everyone is, you know, have been having a ton of fun designing their own combination. So that worked out really well. We also launched care packages almost immediately when everyone thought we were kind of in this temporary lockdown. We had the what a cluster care package, the going nuts care package, just kind of a little play on all the craziness happening in the world, but also trying to make light of it with all of our kind of nutty clustery goodness. (laughs) We had a little add-on where you could send goo-goos to frontline workers and 
as we're recording this, we launched a um, design your own chocolate bar kit that you can actually purchase. We'll ship it to you and then you can melt the chocolate and make all sorts of candy bars that you can dream of with the toppings we include. And we have multiple different topping curated options. So they are, one's a little more child focused, one's a little more kind of savvy foodie focused. Um, So hopefully there's something for everyone. Now we've covered a lot of good things. It's always great to hear from the entrepreneurs themselves. It's always nice to talk a little about some of the, the things that you've learned along the way, but I'm curious as we're starting to wrap up, I know you've shared already some of the ways you've made pivots and changes and to keep supporting your team and your customers and keep the business going. If you had to summarize everything that you've done to pivot during these these really challenging times, what would you say that number one advice is that has worked for you that you'd like to share with others? I think it's really trust your gut, lean on your peers, don't be afraid to ask for help and just have fun. I mean, at the end of the day, like we're, I think this COVID stuff has really made me appreciate community a lot more and everyone really has each other's backs. And so lean on them. That's good. There's a lot of resources close by that we can still access and the community being at the top of that. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your story and and, um, being a speaker at 3686. So how's a good way to connect with you and and learn more about, you know, the new redesign and all the cool things you're doing online with the brand? What's a good way to connect? Yeah, you can check out our Instagram at googoocluster.com. And I am on Instagram at Laurie Spradley. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Clark. This was fun. Thanks for listening to Disrupt the Continuum, a Launch Tennessee podcast where Tennessee's entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem builders share their stories. Launch Tennessee is a public-private partnership with a simple vision. Make Tennessee the most startup-friendly state in the nation. With a statewide network of partners across industries like healthcare, life science, energy, music, and more, Launch Tennessee provides the resources and connectivity to drive Tennessee's innovation economy. To follow along our journey, visit launchtn.org slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to continuing the conversation soon on another episode of Disrupt the Continuum.